between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Father, we thank you and we bless your name. Thank you for the feast which you have prepared for us tonight in your presence. Thank you for your spirit and your ministering spirits here with us to bless us tonight. Lord, we are here with all of our hearts in meekness and in brokenness of spirit. We are waiting for your visitation. We are waiting for your words to come to bless our soul. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your son who is our shepherd, the one who leads us on the path of righteousness for his name's sake and who guides us into pastures, into green pastures in the spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the ministry of shepherding, the ministry of feeding and leading. Thank you, Lord, for even your table, your holy table, your sanctified table. Thank you, Father, for mercy that has been extended to our soul and to every heart, even causing our heart to find grace to sit as Jesus, you said that this one thing is needful. You said unto Martha that no one can take that path away from her. Come and clothe us with that attitude tonight as we sit at your feet, as we are ready to hear your word, to be blessed by you. Thank you, Lord, for grace to find fellowship and communion. We want to fellowship with your thoughts and through your thoughts to fellowship with your life tonight. Thank you. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you bless every heart, cause every mind to understand, and cause every heart to have an encounter with your word tonight. I yield my vessel to you and to your spirit. I ask, Father, that you will come and use it as your own instrument tonight to bless our soul and to bless our heart. Thank you, our Father. Lift up any spirit of heaviness in our heart and help us to take flight as we journey to mount upon the wings of words and allow words from your mouth to elevate our soul tonight and take us up to the mountain of blessing, where you, that place where you command the blessing. Thank you, our Father. Even life forevermore. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Spirit of God. We worship you. We honor your name. In Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, let's open our Bibles quickly. Thank you, Father. We'll go just a little deeper tonight, by God's grace. Let's go back to Hebrews. Um, 
I sense in my heart that we can start from there. Hebrews chapter 5, praise God. Um, have you welcomed someone? Just welcome somebody and say I'm happy to see you. Praise God. Amen. I'm not seeing your smile. You're not smiling to them. You're... Are you really happy to see? <laughs> Praise God. Some of us are only here to see the Lord. So. <laughs> You're, not... <laughs> You're not here to see any man. Praise God. Well, anyway, the Bible says you should, you should kiss one another, greet one another with what? Eh? I haven't said you should kiss yet, or should we? We can also do that. Praise God. Um, thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, Hebrews chapter 5, let's, let's open to verse, uh, from verse, from verse 11. Thank you, our Father. Praise God. Are we ready to feast tonight? Are you sure? Okay. Hebrews chapter 5 from, from verse 11. It says, Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing that you are what? Seeing you are dull of hearing, praise God. So, so it means hearing is, a, is an important thing, eh? Um, that the problem really is not God speaking. It's about the ability of his people to hear him when he speaks. Praise God. And, and so the problem that this church had was dullness in hearing. Dullness in hearing. The Lord will heal our ears Amen. so that we can hear him. Amen. In Jesus' name. Uh, verse 12, for when for the time that you ought to be teachers, that you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So teachers here is not saying that, um, is not talking about preaching or something. Um, you know, teaching is not just like ministry of preaching like a pastor. Um, it actually, they didn't say when you ought to have started preaching or teaching. It was talking about a state. When you see this is a teacher, you can have somebody who is not actively teaching but who is a teacher. Praise God. And what made them become a teacher is a qualification. That you can find somebody who goes to teach and is always teaching who is not a teacher. <laughs> but he can praise God. You know, the Bible warned them, those who, are, who want to be teachers, that you should be careful. Because people who teach will have a, a more serious judgment than others. Praise God. Um, so teaching, being a teacher, is actually like a stature, a framing to become a teacher of something, is talking about a place where you have come, come into mastery of the thing. He's talking about, so this has less to do with the act of teaching somebody something, and it has more to do with the stature, because the proof that someone has stature is the ability to teach that thing. That's how you know, even if you're a student, the way you know you've learned something is when you can teach it. Am I correct? I've read things before 
I thought that I knew, and then it was only in the exam hall that I realized that I didn't know them. Praise God. But the proof that you've known something is when you're able to teach it. When you're able to teach it, it means that the knowledge has, has sat properly in the inside of your heart. And so it's the same thing spiritually. So this sense of teachers here is talking about that they haven't gotten to that level of mastery in the things of God, which they ought to have gotten to. And he says that you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of what? Not of strong meat, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful, where? In the, in the word of righteousness, for he is what? Is a babe. Praise God. So they're tying maturity here to skillfulness with word. Praise God. To maturity to what? Skillfulness with what? With word. Uh, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to do what? To discern both good and, and evil. Praise the Lord. So you're seeing two things. There's skillfulness with word and then discernment. They are tying um, two, um, they are tying two things that makes them a soul approved at a high level is skillfulness with word and word. The use of senses to discern what good and evil. So you see, these two things are inward properties. They are properties that are developed inwardly inside it. So that sometimes they might not physically manifest in a person. So when you see somebody who is of full age, according to the scripture, when you say this person is he that is full of age in the spirit, that that stature might not necessarily appear physically in a way that men can easily discern that, ah, this person, he's an aged fellow in the spirit, or this is a mature person in the spirit, because where men look for maturity is not where God looks for maturity. Praise God. So where God looks for maturity, he spoke about two things here. What about them? The skillfulness in what? In the word of what? Of righteousness. And the next one is talking about the senses, having senses to do or discern between what? Good and, and evil. Do you know you can measure yourself with these things? Do you know that? If I ask you, okay, what's the difference between good and evil? You can say, well, Jimmy, very easy now. Praise God. There's, a, there's something that might make you feel that you have the sense of good and evil. The discernment of good and evil, but it's not true. It's not true. That this sense of good and evil is talking about the judgment which only God can actually impart to his soul. So it's a sense of God's judgment of righteousness that God wants to impart, praise the Lord, into his soul. And that's the purpose of maturity. So God's standard of maturity for his soul 
is not the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. It is actually the capacity of judgment between good and evil. Praise God. Like the person who came to him, Jesus Christ said that, they will come to me in that day, Lord, 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 Lord. You know, I, first of all, he asked them, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? They said, there will be many who will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, we casted out what demons and all that. We did many mighty works in your name. Praise God. And then what will he say to them? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, that I never knew you. And, and Jesus was speaking about a, a particular kind and set of people who are not, who have been workers of iniquity, but not consciously. No, Jesus was addressing, Jesus addressed different things in different ways. He addressed the Pharisees and co, who, are, who just don't like God, who pretend that they like God, but they don't. But Jesus was actually then addressing people who feel they are working for God, and who honestly, probably in their heart, because if they didn't feel, if they felt they were walking iniquity, they would not come to him, Lord, Lord, we've done this and this and that. So they felt what they were doing were good things. And then they came to him and he said, no, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you, praise God. So, so what do such people lack? Discernment. So such people were walking iniquity, but somewhere in their heart, they thought they were doing good. Because based on the boldness that they have, they had to come to him and present their works before him. They thought they were doing good. But he said, look, you are a worker of what? You are a worker of iniquity. So this thing called evil, good and evil, um, the ability to discern between good and what? And evil is actually the measurement in the mind of God. When God, God says, ah, that's a spiritual giant, if heaven can say that about a man, that, wow, that's a mature Christian. What they are looking at is not how many demons they can cast out, how many so-called mighty works in his own sense that he can do. Is that is he able to see inside his, the eyes of his understanding? Can he discern, you know, what they call evil, what, the, what God, when they speak concerning evil in heaven, when they weigh men and weigh things, can, this, can somebody have the same kind of discernment? Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? So it's very clear that you cannot, one cannot operate with the discernment of God without having access to the, the thoughts of God, to the thoughts of God, to the way of God, and those things are what this thing they call the oracles of God are meant to impart to a soul. Praise God. So when, it's, when a person gets born again and they come to the church, what the soul should be exposed to are the oracles of God. That no, no person should be born again and left to their own devices or left to their own way of thinking. Left to their own method of attaining righteousness. Do you see that? That is an error. And that has been the problem that God has had with man right from where? Right from the beginning. Praise the Lord. I think we're speaking, 
about how um, in the book of Acts, how they got to a point where they were moving in the spirit and they, were, they had come, they had received, so to speak, the Holy Spirit. Not so to speak, they had received the Holy Spirit. But um, they, and they were operating with the Holy Spirit after the baptism of the Spirit. And I was given an example of at the beautiful gate season when Peter, James, and John were, used, were in the name of Jesus. That's one of the things that you notice in the book of Acts after the Pentecost they began to use the name of Jesus. They were not using the name of Jesus before, but after Pentecost, they began to use the name of Jesus, and it began to work. So that means that they had faith in the Lord Jesus, according to Ephesians chapter 1. Praise God. Ephesians 1, we don't need to read it because we've read it many times, that after I've heard of your faith and your love toward the saints, I never cease to pray for you that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and so on. Praise the Lord. So what he saw was faith in the Lord Jesus, and then love to all the saints. You see, we have described those things, and what we have said is that those things are what comprises what you call the milk of the word of God, or it's called the milk of the word, or it's called the principles of the oracles of God. This is according to Hebrews chapter 5. The principles of the oracles of God. So it means that the first oracle you get to is the oracle to teach you the principles before you can get to the matter itself. Before you can get to the content of God, you must be taught the principles of God. And if you ask, what are the principles? The principle is faith and love. It's to... The purpose of the milk of the word is to introduce man into different metrics of measurement of spirituality or measurement of life or measurement of acquisition or attainment of the soul of men. That there are two yardsticks, giant yardsticks in the spirit that they use. That every measurement of God will fall into faith and fall into love. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So faith and love, he said faith in the Lord Jesus and then what? Love to all the saints. And you know, we have seen that the book of Acts, by God's grace, the Lord has helped us to look at the book of Acts in detail before. And we saw that before the Apostle Paul came on the scene, if you want to summarize the book of Acts, of course, after beginning from the time of Pentecost up until the time that Paul, Apostle Paul came on the scene in the book of Acts, that when you, can, when you really extract everything that was happening in those chapters before the apostle came, Paul came, was faith in the Lord Jesus and love to all the saints. That's what those chapters were talking about. How many of you will agree with me? There were just two themes there. The themes are that they began to use the name of Jesus. Silver and good I have none, but what I have give I unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they began to use the name. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And when they began to ask concerning what happened, he said, the name, through faith in his name. Have you read it there in the book of Acts? Has made this man whole. His name, through faith in his name. Do you want want to read that, please? Let's, Let's read it so... 
for our reference. Praise God. What chapter is that? Chapter 3, am I correct? Praise God. So after they had healed the, the guy, right? Then Peter began to speak. Verse 12, he said, And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, and he said, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? And the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob and the God of our fathers had glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired the murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life, whom God had raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses, and, and his name, through faith in his name, had made this man strong, whom you see and, and know, yea, the faith which is by him had given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So this is, of course, the Holy Spirit. He made Peter, he was, Peter was moved by the Spirit to explain what just happened and the Holy Spirit did that for the purpose of the scriptures. Because you know that guys like us will come later and the Holy Ghost will, will, will bring a breath to us to try and understand this season, what was going on. And he made it clear that what was happening was his name was operating, operating through faith in his name. His name through faith in his name. That is faith in the Lord Jesus. When I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, Ephesians chapter 1, and, you, and then the love to all the saints, you see that manifest. That one actually began, we saw it very early, when the Bible says, after Peter's first sermon, then in the ensuing months and probably even years, praise God, Hallelujah. what happened? They began to do what? Break bread. And began to meet from what? From house to what? To house. They began to meet from house to house. And you got to remember that at this time, who were the people in Jerusalem at this time? If you go back to chapter 2, remember that when the Holy Ghost came down, it was a time of the Feast of the Jews. And at that time, all kinds of Jews, and not just Jews, even other people, but other people who, you know, people were, people just like the Jews' religion. And this has been happening right from even the olden days. There are some guys that just see the Israelites and they just leave their things and just start following them. Yeah. <laughs> and God, when God was giving laws to Moses, God also gave laws concerning those people. You see those guys who are not your, your blood, but as long as they are following you and obeying the path which I have charted for you as a nation, you can count them. What I'm saying to you should apply unto them. So at this time, there were people on the earth, like those people who... You know, wise people, they can know that these guys are blessed people. There's something about them. So you will see a lot of people who are not Jews, but who were also coming from far and wide, even onto the feast. Amen. And at that time, when the Holy Ghost came in Acts chapter 2, praise God, and then the Holy Ghost moved Peter to, to minister, and Peter ministered, and over 3,000 souls gave their life to Christ and got born again. 
then something broke out. What broke out was many of them actually did not go back to where they came from. They stayed. Some of them, I believe, will probably go to some brethren's house and stay with some of the brethren there who maybe live around Jerusalem. Praise God. And the Bible says they continued in the apostles' doctrine and in the what? In the breaking of bread. And then you began to see other things began to manifest. Like some of them will sell properties and they will send for the money and the money will come and they will give it to the common use. What do, what do you call that? That is law forward. That's law for all the saints. Praise God. Hallelujah. Have you read that before? That's law for all the saints. You see, also, later when they were sharing food, and then some of them who they charged to share food were giving food to some other people. They are those who had not perfected that love for all the saints who were doing those things. So they would give the people the pure core Jews and leave the other people who are not pure Jews, but who are Jews by, you know, observance of their religion and all of those things. Praise God. And they leave those people behind. Even their widows and all of those people, they don't give them food because they had not, what? They hadn't come into maturity of that season. So there were two things happening. Faith in the name. All of them, praise the Lord, they were learning, amen, they were learning what? How to operate with the faith in the name. And secondly, they were they were being baptized into the love for all the saints. Praise God. And that was the season that the Holy Ghost coming was supposed to bring upon the church initially. So after a while, the, the pastors, they came together, the, the apostles, and said, look, will we leave the word of God and begin to attend to tables? Say, no, instead, let us look for seven men. That, well, seven men who are full of what? Faith. And full of the Holy Ghost. Are you seeing that? That's so it means men who are full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. When they are full, say full. full. Full of faith. Full of the Holy Ghost. Then what will happen? Such people, they also come into maturity in the word love to all the saints. Men like Stephen, Philip, and Nicano, and, and co. And such people, they were able to administer that table properly without any kind of, you know, as long as you were born again, they, they, had, they were able to operate with a love that had nothing to do with your natural root. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a sense. It's a sense of the milk of the word. The, that thing that makes you identify somebody who's born again and you feel more of a kindred spirit with them than somebody who's from your village or from your town, or who speaks your physical language, that's one of the first things the milk of the word is supposed to do to his soul. And what does that is the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. Feeling. There are many things that the infilling of the Spirit is meant to do in a believer. Many things. You know, when you get born again, and then you pray and pray and pray. It's the Spirit. He wants to move you out of your person. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. Praying in the Spirit. When you're praying in the Spirit, is to bring you out of your formation. And then he wants to make you feel something different. 
He wants it to make you feel another. He wants to make you feel another essence. Another essence. It's, it's like he's calling you into another being. Another being. Another you. The Holy Spirit is to reveal another you. That this is, there's another you that you can be. Not just this present you. That's why praying in the Spirit transports you. If you, if you know how to pray well, it's by, you know that praying is journeying. Praying is transporting. Praying is moving. Praise God. Praying is what? Moving. That true praying in the Spirit, you can escape anytime, any place. How many of you believe what I'm saying? You can escape. You can escape because of the spirit. The spirit, amen. The, the main reason for the spirit is to make you find another, praise God, to make you find another, um, another origin. Find, to make you find another origin. <laughs> like it, the Holy Ghost makes you feel like you belong from somewhere else. He gives you an alternate um, identity. It makes you feel another identity. Being filled with the Spirit, one of the purposes of the Holy Ghost is to, because when you get born again, a new identity has come into your spirit man. If any man being Christ is a new creature. Now, that identity in your spirit is unknown to the soul just by the, the born again experience alone. Someone can get born again and you don't feel like anything happened to them yet. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Even though they are now a new man in their spirit, but they can't relate with that man. It's the Holy Ghost who now wants, he brings the savour, the aroma, the fragrance of that inner man, who the inner man is, the person of the inner man. He makes the soul begin to feel the fragrance of that man. Is, is by the perception, the perceiving of that inward man, inner man, sorry. Because you have the inner man, you have the inward man, and you have the outward man. The inner man is the spirit. The inward man is the soul. And the word, the outward man is the body. Praise God. So the work of the Holy Spirit, when you are praying in the spirit, is to make the inward man... Conscious of the inner man. Do you agree with that? Make, because the soul is the inward man. That word inward man is that the soul is actually looking for something. And the soul is actually positioned, the way it's supposed to be, is positioned to be perceiving the nature of who the spirit is. Now, somebody who is not born again, their soul can smell their dead spirit. That perception, there's something, see, this thing about being born again, there's something about that thing. Praise God. Now, somebody who is not, who is, who is not born again um, is, this, is the aroma or the fragrance of their dead spirit. That's what makes them comfortable in darkness. The, the, that, when they, because that soul is inward. Say inward. It's actually an inward man. The soul is trying to gain, check itself based on who is inside. Who is, he, who is the inward man? Because the, the inward man is the man of identity. The spirit man. Who the spirit is, is who the man is, right? 
that's the identity, the, the being of identity. It is like that's the record of identity in the spirit. So someone who's not born again is a child of the devil. Like the spirit, that spirit is actually a child of the devil. It's a child of darkness. It's a dark spirit. And the soul can perceive that. That's why an unbeliever is undisturbed in his darkness. Because of who is inside the inner man. But when something happens, just by simple, like Paul was saying in Romans chapter 10, that if you would believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth the lordship of Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be what? Saved. That salvation means that as soon as that happens, simple. Someone who was a child of the devil before. A spirit. Imagine what a beautiful thing, eh? Someone can just come to church and was, he was dead. You get what I mean? A, a man can just come to church, he was dead. He just came to church and something just happened to him. He doesn't know. He found himself in front of the church when they were doing an altar call. And he says, say after me. Say, I, I, I confess the Lord, Lordship of Jesus. Jesus, you're my Lord and I believe you are raised from the dead. Just by doing that. Just by doing that. Simple, 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 simple. See, let me tell you something. See, you cannot believe and accept that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead without what happening to him happened to you. See, that's the power of faith. It's not possible. It's actually not possible. So when you see somebody who doesn't believe, they, who, doesn't, who is not born again, they have not believed that. Are you, do you get what I'm trying to say to you? That somebody, it's not possible for someone to believe and accept the raising of Jesus from the dead. That is actually why they did it to him. You don't agree. You don't understand. You don't understand. You don't get what. You don't get what God did. That in Romans chapter six, right? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer in it? How don't you know? As many of you are baptized into Christ, are baptized into His death. Baptized into his death, that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so you should walk in what newness of life. Amen. And you see, many times, and you were raised together with him, together with him. That sense of that thing of being raised together with him, it doesn't mean that that 2,000 years ago, when he was raised from the dead, that just, you know, um, your own spirit was, was raised at that time. Because all of us here, our spirit was still in God. Our spirit had not been released to the... Are you getting what I'm saying? In fact, your spirit had not died. <laughs> it was in God, and it was not dead in God. It was alive in God. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? All of us, maybe when our spirit died was when we were young. We were young when your spirit died. The moment you began, you began to learn disobedience. And when I say disobedience, I don't mean just disobeying parents. That's, that's part of it. But I'm talking about the... When a child begins to yield to the, 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 the magnet of the world, 
the spiritual seduction that seduces soul to disobey. How many of you know that? How many of you know that uh, it's talking about is the eating of the tree, right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, that tree was planted in the Garden of Eden. Praise God. I'm going to move into something very quickly. I can't stay here for too long. Well, that, that tree that was planted in the Garden of Eden, you might say, ah, but how? You didn't eat a tree. None of you saw a, a tree appear before you. Well, how many of you saw that when you were young? <laughs> that in your life, choose ye the tree of life. Or It didn't appear. It didn't appear, but we ate it. Right, because the tree, the, the content of the tree is no longer in a tree. It's now in our world. Only one of there are two, those two trees were there. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life. The content of the tree of life wasn't released into our cosmos. Into the, our spiritual cosmos. It wasn't released. It was just there. Adam never went there, even though he was supposed to. After a while, God blocked it, put it with a, put a, a flaming sword there and cherubims to guard the way to the tree of life. But Adam took of that tree into himself. And immediately he ate the tree. That tree was sown into our world and it's still here. It's, it's, when you see, when you think of the world, the cause of this world, where did it come from? Is the tree, am I correct? Ah, you don't understand what I'm saying. Do you, get, do you understand my sense? Yes, I don't know if I can move on or I should stay and explain a bit more. Yes, I should explain. <laughs> okay. Okay, let me explain more. Now, the technology of death. Death, I mean killing souls. We saw death began from, from Eden. When Adam died, when he's, he disobeyed and his spirit died. Death is actually a spiritual technology. Praise God. And that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is, it contained the seed. Like every seed is a technology. Seed means the, is the information. Seed contains the information. Seed is a technology for the perpetuity of life. That is what seed is. Do you get what I'm saying? When you say seed, the seed is for the perpetuation of life, to make life continue. After you've eaten the fruit, as long as there's a seed, that life can continue. Praise God. So, so you see that, so that a tree is actually an, like an offering of life. The life that was in the tree is what came. When it was taken, it was actually released into our world. I don't want to go too deeply into this so I don't get stuck here and then we'll be able to cross into the message. But the wisdom I'm trying to say, say true one man's disobedient. Now this is scripture. Don't ask me to explain it. Don't, don't see. Praise God. Amen. It's not that it cannot be explained, but that's not the message for today. But can I just quote the scripture to you and say, you say, okay, ah, okay, you quote the scripture, I agree. Can we do that? I move on, okay. Is that through one man's disobedience, sin entered into the, how do you see that? The world, not just that it killed Adam alone. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
When Satan came to the garden, he wasn't just to kill one man. No, no, no. Satan is a spirit. Satan could see generations to come. He could see the walls and generations to come. That is what he had his eyes on to kill. Every person, whoever comes to the world, the devil has a murderous thought towards you. He has a murderous thought towards what? Every person through all generations, whoever lives on the earth. So that's what he saw in Adam. So getting Adam to eat and disobey God, it was not just so that Adam himself can die. It is so that through that disobedience, sin can enter into the world and death through sin. Through one man's disobedience, sin entered the world and death through what? Through sin. So it means that I'm not explaining the technology. I'm just showing that there's a technology by which sin can enter the world. And that, ha- that happened through partaking of that tree. You understand what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. What was I trying to say before this? I was trying to talk about... What's the following? The soul? Uh-huh. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. That's that, what happened to Jesus. You can't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead without that same thing doing what happening to what to you. So it wasn't that your spirit was actually just there with Jesus. What it means is that is that Jesus was he was a kind that was raised from the dead. It's like the first day that someone broke broke through into technology. To make this phone. Since that day, this phone has entered into the world. You get what I mean? It doesn't have to be recreated every single time. It's just a pattern. It's a, all the, the law and the, the pattern, what to do to produce it, is there. It has come. Someone can just take it and reproduce it. That's the way sin came. Into the, are you getting what I'm saying? So sin is actually a way of living. That is actually what Adam beat from the tree. He cut it. That is not, again, I'm not explaining that, how just eating the tree. Praise the Lord. But there was also a spiritual process. His soul was actually involved in doing his, the, Satan was actually able to make Adam's soul do something that he cannot undo. He cannot undo. And that thing was he received the nature of disobedience. And that thing, he couldn't just make it disappear. Once it has entered, it has entered. Somehow, Cain picked it up. Even though Adam must have done everything to make sure his kids were okay. But Cain picked that seed. Cain was, Cain was able to, to see the seed in Adam. Even though Adam might have been hiding it. Cain, my kids, no. You must be raised up in the way of the Lord. But Cain, how did Cain see it? Spirits, evil spirits on the earth. Amen. If you are, let's say you are, when you are raising your child, there are, there are things in you you might do the best to hide. But see, I'm learning these things practically. There are some things you will do your best to hide them. If they are in you, you just want to see your child doing that. I'm talking about nature's way of behaving. Just 
all kinds of things. So the best thing is they should not be in you because you don't have the ability to hide them. And imagine Adam with Adam who was the son of God, with the, with the sense, the eye he had. He could, not, he could not keep that nature as long as he has beaten from it. Then Cain took it. Cain went his own way. Cain wasn't even trying to hide it. Cain was just saying, you see this way that I've, I've handled? This will be the life upon the earth. He began to, like a factory, go and read the book of Genesis, he began to reproduce children at a pace. Amen. When you check the genealogy of, of Amen, because Abel died, he didn't have a child, but then Enos came up. And look at Enos' genealogy, who, was, who didn't go away as a vagabond, who stayed under Adam and received culture. They have to wait till they are 60 before they give their, have their first child. They, wait for, why? they weren't careful with children because they know that any child you bring forth is, going, is carrying something from you. So they were careful about it. They were careful because, oh, praise the Lord, they know that there was something they were carrying which would bring about the perpetuation of death upon humanity. Are you getting the sense of what I'm saying? So when I ask you, where is the tree of knowledge of good and evil now? Where is it, sir? Is it you, 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 you? You have your own portion, the one you have, you have taken. You have your own portion. When you go to an Indian, in India, bring an Indian man, he has his own part that he took. Bring a Chinese guy, he has his own. Sometimes your own side is different from his own side. What we, all, we, we, we shared things from that tree. Different natures. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Praise God. Praise the Lord. So you see, when you see a soul who was born, who is born into the world, their spirit comes into the world alive, right? No baby comes with a dead spirit, right? But what happens at some time, at some point? What happens at some point? You see that tree. The tree begins to tempt them. Where do they see the tree that's tempting them? In their father, their mother, uncle this. Until that, they're all carrying the tree around. All the natures in the tree. So, the, so it's not covered that just in the natural life, the primary agent who kills a child is the parents. Mostly, most of the time. Do you agree with what, what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Eh? <laughs> well, what kills them is is who they are reading, right? Who they are reading. And most of the time it's the parents. The nature that kills them is what they are reading from their parents. So after a while, that spirit will die. When that spirit die, what happens? Death moves from the back street into the highway. Right? Why? Because that soul is no longer just receiving from the world. It now has a spirit. That is, is dead. It has a dead spirit on the inside. Am I making some sense to you? 
Praise the Lord. Now, so I was saying that when someone is when Jesus was raised from the dead, you were all raised in him, with him. How? You were, you were raised with him by the same principle I was explaining with the technology, for example. If something has been invented, it has been invented. Do you get what I'm saying? So, so that resurrection was actually an invention. It was an invention of the new man. Right? Recreation of the new man. Creation, a new creation occurred. So once, when that new man has been raised, you can have many like him. You can have many like him. The same, so all the work, so all Jesus was sent to do is to accomplish all the work that needs to be done. To allow there to be room and, the, and that opportunity for God to create such a man yeah. on the earth. Yeah. Why? How did that happen? Let me just say just a little bit of it. God could not create um, a new man. God would not be able to create a new man if in Jesus, in Jesus' soul, in Jesus' soul, if you look at Jesus' soul and you found the world there, that the world is the nature and the seed, the product of Satan. The world is the Christ of Satan. You, do you agree with me? Now, the world is the new creation of Satan, although we know that it's not new. <laughs> it's actually old. It's the old man. Uh-huh. So, but even the old man is a creature. You don't believe that? Aha. Uh-huh. The old man is a what? The old man did not exist in Genesis. When God made man, that what God made was a natural man. We are moving to, we are, we are, this is scripture language now. This is not English, okay? So when you say old man, it's not English. This is scripture. Praise God. The old man did not, it's not the natural man. God made the natural man. But Satan, who did what? The, the old man is an invention of Satan. The old man is a natural man who was corrupted to take on the nature of darkness which Satan brought into the world. You see that? Uh-huh. So when I say that a baby, for example, is born with a, a spirit, that spirit is actually a natural spirit. That Jesus, that the Lord God created. But then, that, when that spirit died, what is that spirit that is dead inside of the person? Is the old man? Is actually a different creation entirely? That's who Adam became when he died. In his spirit, you get what I'm trying to say. Praise God! But when you come into the realm of the soul. Is not like that because the soul is not an entity of identity. The soul is actually is a being of is a being of expression, right? Is a being of is a being. I don't want to use the word manifestation. I want to use the word. The soul is actually praise God. Ah, praise the Lord. We're going to be talking about his soul tonight. The Lord wants us to understand the soul, what the soul is. 
Praise God. Praise the Lord. So the spirit is the being of identity. The soul is where, what that, what that thing is, that, that nature, or that identity of the spirit. The soul is, is where the, it is, it is where the property of that nature are expressed. So the, the, the soul is actually like a vessel of life. It's actually a vessel of what? Of life. The soul is actually a machine of the execution of life. The spirit is more of like a is more like a the spirit is the has the the law in a sense the principle of the life the identity of the life is in the spirit. And that's who the man is. But the soul, in the soul, that's where the, the Bible calls the heart. The heart. And what the Bible calls the mind. What the Bible calls the mind is not your brain and your nervous system. Your brain and your nervous system is your body. It's not your mind. The mind uses the brain to think. The mind is the upper part of the soul, the more outward part of the soul that relates with the body. The heart is the inward part of the soul that relates with the spirit man. So his soul is made up of a person's heart and the, and the person's word, mind. Praise God. You see those things, heart and mind, they are the actual, they are the executors of identity. That who the person is in the spirit, when you want to check, ah, what does, you hear? Old man. Doesn't mean anything to you. What is old man? You don't, okay, well, tell me, can you tell me what, who, what is an old man? I don't know what an old man is. I'll say, okay, come, let me show you. You see that guy there, watch how he behaves. You see that lady, you see that lady there, watch how he behaves. That's what you call old man. Now, the behavior of that person, where is it flowing from? The soul, the will of the person, what they are doing. That's the, that's the, the demonstration of the identity that's in the spirit. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say to you? That's why someone gets born again, but they have not changed. They are doing the same thing because the demonstration in their soul has another nature. The soul has not yet perceived who the spirit is to do who the spirit is. The soul has to be taught that nature to do it. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yes, so let me just quickly jump to. So you see, Jesus, how were they able to? Why couldn't God create a Christ, raise someone, a new man, by anybody, let's say, just any soul on the earth? God couldn't do it because um, God cannot come to devil, the devil's child now. And devil's child is who all we all were before we got born again, right? That's your identity. How many of you, you don't, you don't like that word? Uh, devil's, no, I was never a child of the devil. I was born to a Christian family. I was born to... Amen. See, as long as you were not born again, you were what? Your spirit was an old man, and that old man is a child of the devil. So God can't just come to 
somebody. Now when you see someone who's born again, who's not born again, for years after the spirit died, Satan begins an operation quickly on the soul. It begins to work very quickly upon the soul. Why? Because of something. The soul has something. The soul is, inside the soul you have tablets. Document. What, and it's the document for what? It's for the, the writing of covenant. That's what the heart is. The heart of a person is a book inside of the soul. And what they write on the soul are agreements. That's all. When they check everybody's heart, all they see in your heart are agreements. Spirits can read, read them. God can read it. Devil himself can read it. All the angels in hell, if they bring them to you, they can read your heart. Right? When they open, they can flip the pages of your heart and just be reading it. When you're reading the heart of a man, the heart of a man is agreement, 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 agreement. Now, these agreements are powerful. Do you know why? Aha. The agreement in the soul is the garrison. Is the garrison of... It's actually the, the garrison and the... It's the, it's the fortification. The agreement in the soul is the fortification of the spirit. So somebody cannot come, God cannot come to a man whose spirit is dead, who's a child of the devil. And then when he looks inside the soul and flips all the pages of the soul, the heart of his soul, and sees that all the laws written here, most of them are the laws of the life of that dead man, which is the life of the devil, which is what, praise the Lord, what the Bible called the law of sin and death in Romans chapter 8. Right? That law, which in chapter 7, Paul was writing, "Ah!" after I've done everything, I find another law working. Then after he cries, who would deliver me from this body of death? Now the law was on on the inside of him, his heart, as written there. So, agreement is powerful. Even God cannot break the agreement that is in the man's heart. When I say break, I mean he can't violate the agreement. In a man's heart. So all of heaven can come around a person. We love this person. We want him. We want him. Can we have him? But when they, but when they look, Satan is not fighting God. Satan will just be showing God, you see? Check this heart now. Are you seeing what, what is written here? Now look at this. Heart chapter 12. Verse. Heart, heart chapter 12, verse this and that and that. Then you say, oh, what is written there? Um, in this life, I will Amen. In my life, I will never be put to shame. Now, that can be a law. That's an example. Now, you see that thing, I will never suffer shame in this life. That can be a law in one chapter and verse in the heart of a person. Now you see that, it's an agreement. That thing is an agreement. When I say agreement, I mean is that, I mean that that thing, anything that's an agreement in his heart is the force of a person's move. In other words, anything that wants to bring that thing that is against the agreement, their being will fight it. Men are driven by the agreement that's in their heart. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? 
See, this whole issue of Christianity is agreement. So I see some pastors will cry and cry. Why is it not changing? What are we prayed? We've done everything. We don't know that. After all the prayer, and you've released all the mysteries of heaven around the soul. Maybe let them come and camp in the house of the guy. You know, some pastors are deadly. They can pray down all the angels into your house. But when they come, they look at the heart. They see. They see agreement. Laws are written. When they get there, Laws paralyzes. They can't do too much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Say agreement. Amen. Praise God. So that's where Satan kept his program. So you know, say right from when someone spirit died, maybe when they were seven, eight, whatever, ah. till when they now, later in their adult life, when ah. they now got born again, what has been happening to them? Hey. You see, evil spirits, spiritual weakness in high places, principal powers, they are doing over time, writing, writing upon the soul. What are they saying? They are making, they are, they are, they are showing the person what to agree they do it by different ways, all kinds of ways, all kinds of things. A lot of times they use the weight of the, of the pen, of the tongue of the parents. When the parent will sit the child down and say, you see, let me tell you about my childhood. My father did this and that. We suffered. We suffered. But you know what? You, are, you will never suffer like that. Why? Because you're going to go to school. You'll be the best in your school. What happened? Now, how many of you did your parents ever write on you in any way? Ah. <laughs> Amen. So, ma- many of us here, many of us here, the, your profession, your, what you did in school, your parents wrote it a long time ago. Yes. Ah. You just, see, you, you feel you chose, you didn't choose. Some of us, the passion you have for the things of this world. The spirit, the spirits who are writing, but they use the environment. They use what they call the world around his soul to write things. So, so the world is what surrounds the soul for the property to create intensity of making agreement. You so can agree, I will never be poor. They will not swear like this, I will not be poor, but inside the heart, something can just happen. Something can play out in front of them and they will make an agreement. Something has been written in the heart. Now, the purpose of that thing is not to make them rich. Why? Who, who wrote that thing in the heart is because one day that thing will fight God. Yes. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you? So, so you see why God, to, to really, God has to find a way to be able to get to a man, to a man's heart, to a man's, to a man's spirit, and be able to quicken it, even though there are things written inside of him. That's, what, that's the power of belief. 
That was the power of faith. Say faith. 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 Amen. Faith is what you use to engage laws. Like I said, you have it, there, there, there is a law operating in another realm beyond your own, your, your own realm. Faith is that which, faith is, amen. <laughs> I'm looking for words to use. Faith is the only, is the only instrument in the, in the spirit that can cross universes. That can, that can. Are you seeing that, that difference between your own world and where God is? Two different realms. Faith is the only power that can cross. That journey is only faith that can do it. For Jesus Christ to be raised from the dead, they have to find a man who, when he gets to, to hell and all, all and in that place, when they read his, his spirit man, he's a natural man. You realize that? A natural man. But then they put the sins, all the sins of the world on him. And then they made him become sin in his spirit. So, but normally any man who becomes sin, Satan should have him as his own. <laughs> but when they got there, Satan was thought of celebrating <laughs> We've captured him. He's here. But not too long ago, the, the celebration of hell began to change. They began to calm down. Something wrong about this guy. He's, why, is he, why is he different from all these other guys that have been coming here? They're not, they're not check. Okay, let's see what is inside his soul. They now discover that. How can, why, how can a man... They now saw that what was written inside his soul was different altogether. They now began, imagine them begin to flip the pages of Jesus' heart. You know, they were celebrating because his spirit man looks like their own because of you and my sin, which, which was laid upon him. It became sin. But when they now began to flip the book, what would they see? Other laws. You see, laws, chapter 1. Amen. Instead of the, the, they know how books of men are. You know that there's a section of lost here, section of another lost of the of the eyes, lost of the flesh, and that section pride of life and all that. When they began to open Jesus' own, they first of all saw faith. So there's a, what, what is this? Hope, charity, everlasting life. So they, found, they, they, they now discover that all the, the agreement that garrisons a man against God were not there. Rather, the law of another spirit. The laws of God were written in his heart. And then Peter said that the grave couldn't hold him. Is it, is it why? Because it was impossible that he should be held by it. As Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, means the glory of God descended down. So, hell. 
So it means that the grave cannot keep a man who hasn't made agreement with the grave. He had not made covenant with her. They couldn't find their covenant in his heart. Because why? Even though his spirit was, he was made sin, he never sinned. Because men make agreement by what they obey and what they do. So when the glory of God came and raised him, he walked on his spirit, recreated that spirit, made it a new creation, a new invention has been born. And because that invention has happened, you can't hide it anymore. It has happened. The pathway for a natural man, not, not natural man, sorry, it wasn't a natural man who was raised from the dead. Who was raised from the dead? The old man. So God had to find a way that, ah, we want to raise something up. We want to raise you up, but we have to invent the technology to raise you up. So how can we raise a, an old man? How can we raise a, a spirit that's the nature of the devil and recreate it and raise it up? But you know that of all men, they had garrison in their soul, defense, the agreement. So they had to find a man who can become that, but not have the, the, the agreement. A man in whose soul has the agreement of God, who has the laws of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's why when they say they raised you together with him, what they're talking about is your very nature. is what his spirit became. And then they raised that up. So, so you, everything you are, so that it has already happened. You, know, you get what I'm trying to say? There's nothing that stops it from happening. Again. So you just need faith to connect it. So, so, so and you know, the, the law of the spirit is, this is a law, it's a law in the realm of the spirit that anything a soul can believe, you can have. That's a standing law. Anything you can believe, you can have. It's, a, it's an attitude, which is what even Mark 11, Mick of the world, is trying to teach you. Yes. Actually, faith is the, is the means of having. You get what I mean? You shall have whatsoever, he said. You get what I'm trying to say? So they now say, how, how will you connect what happened to Jesus? Believe it. <laughs> Romans chapter 10. <laughs> Once you believe it and then say, I'm submitting for this thing I believe to happen to me, that's the Lordship part. I believe you believe in your, you confess with your mouth the Lordship of Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. If you can do that, what happened to him will happen to you. That's just the miracle of getting born again. That's what happened to you. That's why somebody just comes to church and they don't know what's going on and the altar call. And they come out. I believe the moment they believe, the spirit, the spirit, their spirit that was dead, what happened? Guess what? Means they appropriate that thing that was already done a long time ago to their own world, their own spirit. Man, praise God. Amen. Amen. But after that happens, then God now has to say, okay, see this thing we've just done, we now have to secure it. We have to secure it now. Anybody who is not, see, we are getting to a time on the earth now where anybody can become a devil's child. Even the guys who pray very well. 
So this is not a time of pride. I'm a prayer warrior. No, no, no. Because we are coming to a time when the Bible spoke about it, that there will be a time when iniquity will abound. And when iniquity abounds, talking about iniquity abounding in the world, the love of many will wax cold. So, what Satan needs to do to break through a person, so let's say someone gets born again, but they don't do anything about the laws in their heart. They just leave the, the laws the way it is. Now, mind you, laws in the soul is not like just identity in the spirit. Law in the soul is a mixture of things. Law in the soul is what? Law in the soul is a mixture of what? It's a mixture of things. It's a mixture. In other words, nobody is just one thing. Even before you got born again, even though this, your spirit was the old man, a child of the devil, your soul wasn't fully devil's child. Because all the agreement in your heart were not the agreement with the devil and his things. You know why? You know why? Because all you learned, all your child learns is not by all bad things. How many of you agree with that? The longer sin stays in the world, the more it can, it begins to swallow up the memory of righteousness. The same way, when Adam died, his soul was, you know, God, it was a living soul. There was righteousness in his soul. In fact, Adam didn't let sin have his way. He didn't let sin reign. But over time, gradually sin began to rain and rain and rain and rain. Praise God. And we are at a time when man's level of sin is high. Because of how much time iniquity has spent upon the earth. You get what I'm saying? So you see, in an unbeliever, an unbeliever can still respond to God. You get if, if an unbeliever's heart, all that is there is the devil's law. There's no chance. You can never preach to them and they'll get born again. The fact that you can preach to an unbeliever and the Holy Ghost has a space, it means that there are still pages in his heart that sin hasn't gotten to yet. There are some laws that have not been deleted yet. And God had to do it. That's why he said, well, well, well we were yet sinners. He said, Christ died for us. So he said, why we were without strength in due season? God, God times things. In due season. He doesn't want any man to go. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So the world had its limitation. When I say world, can we really explain this thing called world? The world. What is the world? There's the physical world. Through the physical world, we can have a sense of what the spiritual world is. Right? The sp- sp- physical world is, the, is everything around you, where the body, what the body can relate to it, right? What the body can relate to it. That's the physical world. So, and then the physical world is what is where it has the, it has all the things that can, that can, um, that can relate with the senses. That's what the world is, right? The world is the, is the. Is the complex organization of surrounding, right? Think of how the world surrounds a person, you physically, the physical world, for example. What the world can do is that everything in the world is empowered. It has the ability to relate with your senses. In, in the world, you have the light rays, which can relate with your eyes. You have sound waves. You have physical things that can stimulate your touch. Are you getting what I'm seeing? All the senses, the physical senses, that's the world that's around. So, so to, to get, to relate with you, you need a world around. To relate with you. Amen. Amen. And to bring change. The purpose of the world is to bring what? Change. How many of you believe what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. Now, Take a person out of this world. Your body cannot survive outside the world. The world is actually, is to, the purpose of the world is to sustain life. Is to do what? It's actually to, the world is, is the arena where life happens. Think about it physically, then I will move it into the spiritual or into the realm of the soul. The world is the arena where what? Life. Where life happens. Where life happens. Where life happens. So what you need to feed on to continue to be your body, to be okay here, is this world. If we take away the elements of the world, water, for example, then all the, the elements, the carbon, the what? The calcium. The oxygen, all the hydrocarbons, right? Carbon hydrogen, which is what makes up most of the food that you eat. If you take those things away, you can life will stop. Praise God. If you take away all the photons in the physical universe, photons means that means everywhere will become dark all of a sudden. After a while, you can lose function of your eyes. Do you agree with what I'm saying? If you, you stop walking, let's say your feet never touches any ground anywhere for years, and they now bring you to try and walk, you find out that your body has begun to lose its function. Like someone who is in a coma for a long time, get them to just start walking, they might fall, because their muscles just get weak because it's not been interacting with the world. 
the physical universe. Are you seeing everything about the life of the physical person to continue life? So the world around you, when God made it, right? God had to create all the physical world before he then formed man of the dust of the ground so that man can begin to live. And then man became a living soul. Man began to move around. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you see what the world is from the physical now. So that word world doesn't mean physical world. It just means the sense of what I just told you. What I just described is world. Now, but I described the world of the outward man. Now, think of the inward man that I've been talking about, the soul. That soul also has a world. There's a design of world. And let me tell you something. There are different worlds. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Do you get the sense of what I'm saying? When they refer to the devil as the prince of this world, for example, right? The prince of this world. The world that I say is the creation of Satan. I'm talking about Satan creating out of that tree, what came out of the tree is a, cos- a spiritual cosmos for is for souls to dwell in, to live in. Are you getting the sense of what I'm trying to say? So the world is what they surround the, the soul with to, to sponsor a kind of life. Ah, do you agree with me? Yes, sir. You know, the world of a fish is not the same thing as the world of a mammal, mammalian animal. It's a different. When you go to the water, you know that's another world. It's to sponsor a kind of life. Take that kind of life to another world, which is like the where take a fish and sit him in your living room, and, and you put on TV for hey fish, watch TV, enjoy. This is what we enjoy here. Do you want cook? What do you want? You feel like you are you are pampering the fish, but after a while, what will happen? The fish when you come back, the fish has what has left you. The fish has died because. You don't have the world for that fish. So are you, are you getting, you understand what the world is now? World is, is specifically designed to sustain a particular kind of life. Mm-hmm. So every world is tied to a life. It's tied to a, there's a particular kind of life that the, this world is meant to sustain. So if you bring another life into that place, that world, instead of helping it, it will kill it. Like if they take someone now and just throw them into the Atlantic Ocean. Bye-bye, we'll see you later. Enjoy here, have vacation here. What will happen? By the time they get to the depth, you now realize that, man, this is another world. It's another world. That, That place is not meant to sustain your world. Praise God. You get what I'm trying to say? Human beings are trying to go to mass by all costs. I don't understand. Amen. And every time it's always bad news. When when you really read, but they try to make it look like good news. Well, it's always bad news. You know, this place is not meant for human beings to live. Why are you trying to go there at all costs? Amen. You get what I'm trying to say. So every world is tied to a particular kind of life. Aha. So the world which Satan invented. You know this physical world. He has his own world. 
that word simply is just the economy and the complex creation to sustain his own kind of life. And then when you bring the life of God inside that world, it begins to it begins to die. Aha. You say, ah, you mean God's life can die? Ah, yes. When I say the life of God, I mean there are different lives. You know what I mean? The first life of God, that is of God, from God, or you can use the word from God, is the life of Christ. Christ life. Christ life is not designed if there's Christ life in his soul. And that soul continues to live in the, this world, not this physical world. In the world that Satan is a prince of, which is the world that surrounds the soul. That life, after a while, will happen. So the world is designed, that's, and that's the real reason why Satan invented it, is to kill the life of Christ. Any life that comes from God is a design to kill it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But there are walls in the spirit. God also has his own walls. Now, God's world is not one. They are, they are, God has walls. Let's read that. Let's see the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Are you being blessed today? I'm, I'm sorry, I've not read plenty of scripture. But I've been explaining things to you. Now, what I've been explaining to you is Many, many scriptures. <laughs> but if we want to read all these scriptures now, we will not be able to go too far, but you can capture the understanding of what we're trying to say now. Hebrews 11, it says, verse 1, it says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. This is very clear to you, right? So, what, remember what I said faith is before, that faith is the transporter. It's how you, it's how you go between worlds. When I say worlds, I mean faith is what, you know, by, it's how you, transi- you go between worlds. It's God's own invention of how a soul can, can hop from world to world. How a soul can connect another world. Faith is like the rocket plane. Is a spaceship of the spirit. And faith is not, not just the spaceship. That might not even be the correct word. It's the spaceship. Faith is also the satellite of the spirit. By which information can flow. You see, a satellite in space can be sending images down. Praise God. That's exactly what they are saying here. That you see, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What is things not seen? Things not seen doesn't just mean witch flying or spirits, angels you cannot see. Things not seen just means something that is not in your own world. That's just what it means. It means that what is that things not seen? Because the things in your world, your world is what relates with your own senses. So things not seen are things that your senses are is incapacitated to observe. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, these things not seen here is not your physical eyes, of course. It's talking about your spiritual eyes, the eyes of your soul. 
that thing called the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that thing they want to, they want to enlighten, according to Ephesians chapter 1, that inward eyes, there's a way it should be seen. So a soul that is trapped in the world that Satan created, when faith comes to them, they gain the ability to what? To see some other things. To see things not seen. Substance of things hoped for. Because that things that are not seen are things that are hoped for. And hope, patient, faith is both a, a satellite and a spaceship. It can both see and it can take you there. That's what, that's what faith is. Are you getting what I'm saying? It can both see and what? It can what? So ability to see Things not seen, it can make you see them. Then the substance of things hoped for means faith substantiates the hope. Substance, it's substance. Substance means the materiality of a world. Faith can bring you into another world, realm of another materiality, spiritual materiality. I don't know what I'm saying. But, sorry, English does not... There are no English words for these things, eh? Because <laughs> these are not men's thoughts. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's English word for convection, transmission, because of physical things, current flowing from one place to another. We have English words for that, but we don't have words that can explain the journey of a soul. We have to borrow all these words. To explain them. So this is the best that the Holy Ghost could try to do. Substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 2. By faith we know. Oh, sorry. By it the elders obtain a good report. Amen. Verse 3. That through faith we understand that the walls were framed by what? The wall. Now, there's a way this English is crafted. Praise God. This English, this thing is saying two things. It's saying that through faith we can understand that the world was framed by the word of God. But actually, the world was also framed by the word through faith. There are two things they are saying here. Amen. But now I want us to look at the world's plural being framed by the word of God. That's what I want us to see today. The worlds, the worlds. So these worlds that have been framed by the word of God, it's not this physical world. Thank God, God did it. We know God's world framed the physical one. But we're talking about both, uh, both physical worlds. And then when God, means that any time, any world that God has made is framed. The word frame is God, actually, is God's world. Amen, frame, 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 frame. Amen. So when they use the word framed here, it's not just talking about Speaking and, and it being. It appear. It's not just that. The word frame is talking about the what? has to do with the furnishing of it. It has to do with the organization of it. It has to do with the construction of it. How, how is a world constructed? It's by what? The word of God. Through faith we know that what? The worlds, say worlds, worlds, W-R-L-D-S. So it's not just one. There are different worlds in the spirit. Praise the Lord. There are different what? Worlds were in the spirit. 
Now, the walls were framed by the word of God. Were framed by the word of God. Were framed by the word of God. The walls were framed. Now, the words that frame each world, there are different worlds in God. And each of those worlds are framed by words. Are you getting what I'm saying? Each of the worlds that are of God are framed by what? Words. All I just want to show to you today is that the purpose of the oracles of God is for the framing of a world for your soul to live in. That's what I'm saying. What did I say? The purpose of the oracles of God from Hebrews 5 is to do what? To frame worlds. Not one world. They're actually worlds which the word of God, according to the department of the oracle, which we saw from Saturday, each, each, each oracle of God is a framer of a world. Each oracle of God is what? The framer of a world. And then, what is the world for? It's a world for you to live in. For the expression of life. So it means that the purpose of the oracle of God is to define the framing of the world wherein oracle. Now you see, when they frame a world around you, what's the purpose of, of a world? When they, to, of framing a world. It's every world, see, world is powerful. World is powerful. See, every world calls you. Every world calls you. You see, when Satan made his own world, his world is not just, I'm here, I'm the world. If you like, take me. If you like, don't do me. If you like, agree with me. If you like, don't. I'm just, I'm just letting you know I'm here. So if you like, love God, do what? No, 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 no. When you are sitting down and the, the, world, is, the world around the man calls the person. Someone said something. He said that the most difficult thing for a person to do in life is to sit down in a room and do nothing. <laughs> and he said that if men had the ability to do that, most of the problem in the world will not exist. He said, he said all the pro- actually what he said is that all the problems in the world <laughs> comes from man's inability to sit in a room by himself and do nothing. <laughs> what makes man unable is the world around him. He's talking to him. He's calling him. He's bombarding his senses constantly. He can't rest. Bombarding him constantly, Right? That's the purpose of the world. If the world is not doing that, then it's useless. Yeah. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It is, it is to, it's to perpetuate. The world is, is actually anointed to release the life that it's carrying. It wants to release its life. So the purpose of world is actually, the world is an instrument of conformity. Conform is the power to conform. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, right? As Romans chapter 12, I, I, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, living sacrifice, what? Ah, living sacrifice, living sacrifice. What's a living sacrifice? He's dead, but he's living. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean by living sacrifice? In one world, he's dead. In another world, is what? He's dead in one world and living in another world. You have to present yourself as a living sacrifice. 
that is holy and acceptable unto God. Holy and holy means that word holy, the word holy means separate. Means it has been separated into the world of God. Is holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Say transformed. Transformed. The word, they use the word conform for this world. But to go to the world of God, it's not just, it's a formation that involves a transportation. What that is telling you that your natural realm, where you start from, is not the word of God. Yeah. That you're actually domiciled in this world. And the world is constantly want to conform you. Don't live here. We finish everything we have for you. We have a destination for you. I have a thought towards you. The world is saying that to men. You know, see, the world is a, is a, is a realm of promise. It's a realm of, you can, nobody can will stay in this world without a promise. Everybody has a promise in their heart. What's their promise? Who I will be in this world. In fact, the very will to live is tied to that thing. When you tamper with the man's vision of who he will be, he comes into an existential crisis. If he is not taken, he can kill himself. Do you get what I'm saying? So the world is saying, ah, I'm, I'm powerful. I want to, it, it, it pumps dreams to you. Pumps aspiration to you. And all of those things is for confirmation. But be not conformed to this world. But be what transformed by what? The renewing of the mind. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable. Now, do you see that thing called good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? They are, the, they are the content of the oracles of the walls of God. Each oracle it has a will. It's a department. It's a speaker of a will. A kind of a will. God has wills. There are different levels of wills in God. Christ is a will. Do you know that? Christ is a will. Christ is a will. Christ is a will. What do I mean by will? It's an agreement. The last will and testament. Will and testament. That's what they call it, right? The will and the testament. The testament is the testimony. Testimony is the covenant. The covenant is the agreement. So the will is the agreement. Will. No, so when you say, what is the man's will? A man's will is something he has agreed to. Now, if you forced him to do it, it wasn't his will. If you make him do it by compulsion, it was not his will. It means that in his heart, you won't find that thing as a covenant in his heart. You compelled him to do it, but a man's will is an agreement he has made in his heart. He sits there not by compulsion. It's actually a covenant. Every will is sitting in the heart by a covenant. When you say covenant, don't see don't think of covenant as you went to one fetish native doctor's place and killed chicken. And then all of that. Now I have made a covenant with. Someone, said, I made a co- someone made a covenant with Satan. That's why. See, covenant is not that kind of grand ceremony. Every day we are making covenants. 
Every day we are making covenant. We are making agreements. So you must be careful what agreements you are making. As a Christian, as you are spending your life, be careful what agreements you are making. That's why they will say something like, be careful, even communication corrupts good manners. Those manner, manner, say manner, good manner. Manner is not just what your father said you should not do. Manner means what you do. Your manner. Manner of how you live. Yeah. There's something called good manner. Is how a man will live. When you communicate evil with him, it can corrupt the manner of a man. Now, when you say evil communication, what, does, what do men communicate with? It's not, it's not that, um, ah, I don't have unbeliever friends, so if I have an unbeliever friend, they will corrupt good manner. Of course, that's true. Oh! That true, really. <laughs> Amen. But when I say friend, your close circles, you two cannot work together except they agree. So in a, in a sense, but that's not the main point. Now, tell me, what is the main source of evil communication? Somebody who all his friends are bishops hey. and pastors. Amen. After visiting them and playing, and then go, when he goes to his room in the night and he's showering, that's when the communication is starting. <laughs> There's nobody there, but what happened? Evil what? Communication. What is he communicating with? The world. The world is a communicator. Communicating the will of a wicked spirit that wants to kill. Isn't, how many, now, how many evil things have been devised in the shower? <laughs> Amen. When nobody was there, you know, you know, where do men devise evil plans? It's not when they are talking to people. It's not when they are, it's when they are left alone with the world. Senses, thoughts, imagine. What was God's problem with man in Genesis chapter 6? You know, after Adam received the seed, right? And seed began to prosper. Then God said, I will no longer strive with man. That was no longer strive with man. Means that I'm going to leave man with his agreements. Why? For the imagination of the thought of his heart are evil, what? Continually. So it's not, it's of his heart, they are evil. What? Continually. Because of the world. The world is what is to perpetuate the continuity of evil. It's so that when you sleep, when you dream, you dream it. When you wake up, you think it. You are drinking tea, you are thinking it, you are going... When you are in church, you are lifting holy hands, you are thinking it. Praise the Lord. Sometimes even when you are praying in tongues, you are thinking it. You have to slap yourself. Come on, man. Let's, we're praying to Jesus right now. But the forcefulness of the world is powerful. Ambitions. Dreams. Amen. But the Lord will deliver us from evil communication. Praise the Lord. So, the, so the, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed. So it's very clear. You see these worlds now, which the word of God framed, are actually God's worlds, which he wants us to bring soul into. So, the, so God wants to bring you, the main worlds are the world of Christ and then the world of God. The world of Christ, and then the world of what? Word of God. Do you believe that? 
How many of you believe that God wants to bring you into world? And, and then the way, for that world, for you to come to that world, you have to frame the world around you using what the oracles, the purpose of the say oracles, oracles of God is for, so it means that the meat of the world is to frame the world of Christ. You can write it down if you want. The purpose of the meat of the world, of the word, is to frame the world of Christ for his soul. And the purpose of the meat, of the strong meat of the world, is to frame the world of God. Praise God. The purpose of the word of Christ, or the meat of the word, or the word of righteousness, is to frame the world of Christ. The purpose of the word of God is to frame the world, the world of God. God has his own world. Now, you see, the, the world, amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. There is what the scripture calls, there are two there are two kinds of, there are two worlds in God. <laughs> According to scripture, let's move now into more of scripture language. The worlds in God, there are two. There's one, there's the world that now is and that which is to come. Those are the two worlds in God. When you see the word now, now means Christ. The world that now is, now then you hear in the scripture, they, they speak about the world to come. The world to come. Hebrews chapter 2, let's read it. That's, that's, that world to come, when they say the world that is to come, that world is actually the, the real destination world where every soul should arrive at. Amen. How many of you believe what I'm saying now? Glory to you, Jesus. Mm. In Hebrews chapter, chapter 2, now in chapter 1, they first of all spoke, to, spoke about Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 1, about Jesus is a... Um, we know we said last time that said no man had seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, John chapter one, said He has declared Him. Now that Son, who is the, who declares God, is a declarer of the world of God. Remember, when they say declare, purpose of declaring is to frame a world, right? Because we, now we know by faith. What do we know by faith now? That the worlds are framed by the word of God. So it is true word of God. I said those words are departments of oracles of God to frame certain worlds. Is there anybody that this thing is not really, you're not really, it's not really hitting you? Does this, does this seem like it's hanging? What I'm, the understanding I'm talking about right now. When I say framing a world around you, I don't know if you can see the sense of what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that if the Holy Ghost begins to bring revelation through a particular oracle, is to surround your soul with a world. The purpose of the teaching, when you begin to teach an oracle, let's say the oracle of Christ, or the word of Christ, right? Paul said that, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom. 
So the dwelling of the word, there's something called the word of Christ. is actually a department of the words which God has. You agree with me? So the word of Christ is the first, is the oracle of the meat of the word. I say, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom. You know, the word of Christ is not the same thing as the word of God. The word of Christ. What is the word of Christ? It is the word that frames the world of Christ. And what is the world of Christ? The world of Christ is the, is the, is the, is the economy of all the thoughts concerning the nature of Christ. Uh-huh. The way the world which Satan created is the economy of all the thoughts concerning the ungodly nature. Praise the Lord. Now, so Jesus, in Hebrews chapter 1, the first of us spoke about it. They spoke about Jesus, many things about it, but at the beginning they introduced him as the word. The word, let's read chapter 1 and we'll go to chapter 2. In chapter 1 of Hebrews, let's read from verse 1. It says that God who at sundry times and in diverse manner spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, at in these last days spoken unto us by his son. You see that? Whom he had appointed the heir of all things, by whom also he what made the world. You see this making the world here? He's not talking about God, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. No, no. That's not what they are speaking about here. Do you see that? Uh-huh. The walls. By whom also he made the walls. Now, for him to be the, 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 the person by whom the walls were made, first, he had to be the heir of all things. Now, those all things are God's things. When he's the heir of all things, means in his nature, he inherited everything in his nature. Are you seeing that? So, as in these last days, spoken unto us, by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made what? So it means that anybody who doesn't hear the, the speaking of the son or the words of the son will not come into the words which of God. And if a soul doesn't come into the words of God, his soul will never receive the formation of the life which God has to give to man. And when I'm saying world now, don't think I'm not talking of going to space or anything. This guy now can be in another world from this lady. And this one can be in another world from her. As they're sitting here now, they can be in different worlds. Remember, we separated it. We're not talking of the worlds of the physical. We're talking of the world where their soul is. It's very clear Jesus was in another world, right? But the only begotten son, who is in the bosom of the father. By that time, he was in the bosom. In the bosom. In the bosom. In John chapter 14, my father's house had many mansions. If I not so, I would have told you, but where? But, you know, I'm going to prepare a place for you. So that where I am, not where I will be. As I'm talking to you right now, where I am right now, there you may be also. 
As he was with them, he was talking about the world that he is in. It's, that's the world where he sees the Father. Whatever I see my Father do, that I do. The Son doing nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do likewise. He's talking about their world. That world is also the, the fellowship which John was speaking concerning. It's the realm of their fellowship. Which we declare these things unto you that you also may have fellowship with us. He's talking about your entrance into. And how, before he began to talk about the fellowship, he began the verse by that which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, which our hand have handled of the word of life. Of the word of life. That word is what framed the world of that fellowship. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Are you, I'm talking about, are you seeing what the word of God is? See, this word of God is not for what all the things we are using it for. Say word of God. The word of God is to frame words for your soul to live in. And it's not that to go physically to heaven. No. It's that if you go to heaven, when you now get there, you know that there are different worlds there. You can bring an angel from the first heaven. When he says, ah, I heard of one angel. There's an angel called Michael. When he talk about Michael, ah, if I can just manage to see him one day. An angel from the first heaven can be standing here, and Michael can stand beside him, and he's not seeing him. Because they are from different worlds. That's why going to heaven doesn't guarantee that you will see God. You know, we felt that we are just going to meet God. Everybody has looked at us and said, no, da, 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 da. You know, da, da. He said that, follow peace with, holy, with all men and holiness without which no man can see God. Is there everybody who is born again that has that holiness? That holiness means a separation without which no man. is in a world by himself. You must have the ability to get to that world where he is. And the journey there is, is, that's the reason for your life on the earth. That's why after you got born again, they didn't tell you, good job, let's go, it's time to leave the earth. They now gave you Bible, take. They gave you what, Bible and what? And Holy Ghost. That's what they give the church. Those two things. That's what church has. What, is church, what does church have? Bible and what? That's it. See, every other thing we are doing is just it's a waste of time. And, uh, praise God. <laughs> We're wasting our time. As long as you have Bible, you have Holy Ghost. Church can, church can continue, man. We are ready to go. You don't need megaphone. You don't need a 200-watt speaker. Thank God for those things. We have them. We use them. That's not what makes up church. It's not the light and the flower and, the, and everything. That's not what makes up church. Praise God. You can go to the desert with word, scripture, and the Holy Ghost. Who's the Holy Ghost? The interpreter of the scripture. He's the one who wrote it in the first place. This the code of the, of the, of the framing of, the, of how those walls can come about in his soul by ministry of the spirit through the scripture. So the purpose of scripture, you see this book, this book is an, is an awesome book. This book might seem like a foolish book when you give it to a fool. When a fool is holding it, it can seem like the most foolish book on the earth. But when 
someone who holds the book with breath. When it's not the same. It's not everyone that opens Bible and makes Bible is open. You can open Bible and Bible is still closed. It's like the words of a book which you give to the learner and say, look, this thing is closed. I gave it to the learner. The unlearned said, look, I'm not learning. I cannot read it. <laughs> but once you have the scripture and then you have the breath of it, for no prophecy of scripture is capable of private interpretation, for holy men wrote as they were moved by the wrote as well moved. So he who wrote men, who moved men to write, must be the interpreter of what he moved men to write in the scripture. So the scripture itself is not. When Paul began to speak concerning the ministry of the New Testament in the book of Second Corinthians, I think chapter three, praise the Lord. He was talking about this thing is the ministry of the Spirit. It's not a ministry of the letter because the letter killed it, but the Spirit does what. The Spirit giveth life. The Spirit giveth life. I mean, the Spirit, the Spirit, how does the Spirit give life? The Spirit uses by inspiration. He can reuse the letter. It inspired Scripture. He uses the Scripture. When he inspires the reading of the Scripture, he can use that to awaken the oracle of God, which will frame the world around a soul that will give the life. That is the ministry of the Spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? So the letter kill it, but the Spirit give it life, not just life like that. Therefore take life, no. The way the Holy Ghost gives life, if the Holy Ghost operation in your life has not, hasn't awakened the oracle of God, you will not get access to the life which the Holy Spirit is mandated to give to souls upon the earth. Because the soul will be ignorant from the life of God. Alienated. What alienates men from the life of God is the ignorant. Let's read that place very quickly. There isn't too much time. Where is that again? Ephesians chapter 4, right? Ephesians 4. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Father, we thank you. It says, Ephesians 4, 17, it says, This I say therefore, and testify in the law, that ye henceforth do what? Walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. Praise God. You don't walk as other Gentiles walk, where? In the vanity. What's the meaning of vanity? Vanity means that which amounts to nothing. Now, vanity is not absence of activity. Vanity is the presence and the abundance of worthless activity. Right? When you see a vain mind, it's walking. Have we thought about that one? What about the other one? They think everything. Everything they think it, but all the thought ends up as nothing. That is the mandate of the world. The mandate of the world, as the, the world, the cause of this world, according to Ephesians chapter 2, say you were, you were he, at he quickened, who were once dead in trespasses and sins, in which what you once walked according to the cause of this world. So you see, the purpose of the cause of this world is to make men dead in trespasses and sins. But when a man is dead in trespasses and sins, he's alive in the world. Right? 
Wouldn't you want to walk according to the cause of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the same spirit that walketh in world, in children of disobedience? Amen. Amen. So when somebody's in that cause of this world, say cause. cause. It's a predetermined cause. You don't invent it. No man invents their path on the earth. People will lie to you. Ah, oh, you can be different. You know, you have a unique grace. You're going to do something on this earth that no man has ever done. It's a lie. See, there's nothing you will ever do on this earth that has not been done before. Solomon searched and said that there's nothing new under the sun. No. That's why Solomon. <laughs> he said that there's nothing new. It means that everything, when he says newness, you can't find newness because how the term newness is not, is not what your physical activity does. It's the effect of it. You get what I'm trying to say? In the end of everything that is done, if the effect is death, it's not new. Because the actual effect of what is being done in this. So let's say somebody sows their life towards the, the acquisition of natural knowledge in a particular field, a very rare field. But in doing that, he ignores the advancement of his own soul towards God. Right? Such a person has done what? Has traded his soul for vanity. And then somebody has said, no, I'm not going to pursue knowledge like that. My own, I'm just going to be a philanthropist. And then he pursues, uses all his life to try and give to the poor. He says, I'm going to solve the problem of poverty upon the earth. And he sows himself towards that. And he ignores the advancement of his soul towards God. What happened? The end of that thing is what? Is vanity. So does it matter what you do? Invent a new profession. Invent a new way of living. Solve the problem of climate change or whatever you want to do. If the end of it is what? Is death. All of that activity is what? Is vanity. Build churches. Massive churches. Get people born again. Be a preacher of the word. If you're not able to, through your usage of your soul on the earth, bring about advancement towards God, it is still what? Is vanity. So you see that vanity of the mind is what you are speaking of here. It says, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord. That ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of what? The blindness of their heart. You seen those things here? Understanding darkened? Then alienation of the life, from the life of God through the ignorance. So ignorance brings about alienation from the life of God. You may say, well, no, really, it's actually stealing and killing and fornication and adultery that alienates men from the life of God. No. No. The reason why somebody steals and kills and commits fornication is because what? of the ignorance that is in them. So if you take a man and, and tie him and stop him from stealing, find a way through religion to stop it. And he's able to stop stealing and killing. But he's still ignorant in his heart. He will still be alienated from the life of God. Wow. What we call life of God is not a symbolic something. 
God has his life. God is there. I'm here. It's symbolic abstract. No, 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 no. God's life is knowledge. What makes God God is what he knows. Except what he knows, you come to know them. You will never live his life. So the purpose of the oracles of God is to, is to, is the, is the giving of the life. Praise God. In Hebrews, let's go quickly back to Hebrews. We have to run now very quickly because of time. We have just a few minutes left. Let's see how far we can go. Amen. So in chapter 1, you saw that through his son, he made the walls, right? How many of us are finding this message quite boring today? Chapter 2, amen. Now, in chapter 2, verse 1, it says that, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. You have to. You have to. You have to give the more earnest heed to the things which you have heard. Why? Because without this hearing, hmm? the things which we have heard, the things which we have heard, you have to give the more earnest heed. Earnest. You have to give the. You have to hold what you are hearing like this is your future, yeah. because it is. That yeah. all that you will be is determined by how much you are able to profit by the things which you have. Because by faith we know that the world you are free. Unless you're not interested in the world, unless your soul, you are comfortable with the world your soul is currently in. But there are better walls yes, than the world yeah. that we are in. So we must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every dis- a transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. You see, salvation is spoken. Nobody can be saved except they hear. Right? Except they hear. Nobody can be saved. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own word, will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. So these apostles, like, like Paul, at this time, Paul was actually, what was he speaking? He was just a preacher to get to know. He was actually speaking of a world to come. They were actually ministers of a world, of another world. They were preachers teaching. They were trying to release the, 
the doctrine that will frame what another world to come. Now, the world to come does not mean that it's not in the sense of the physical. It's not that this physical world will go away, then the other one to come. That's not the world to come. Aha. Uh-huh. You get what I mean? The physical removal of this present, uh, um, now physical earth, and then the coming of another physical earth and heaven. That physical earth and heaven is not the world to come. That physical earth and heaven is where men who are inhabitants of that world will now, that will be a natural habitat for a man who have access to that world. The world to come is a spiritual world. Where is it coming to? To the souls of men. Do you agree with what I'm trying to say? That's why they are preaching it, of which we speak. Of which we speak. They are speaking about the world to come. Where is it coming to? So that's the message. That's the message. The world to come is the, is the world. So this specific world to come is the world of God. That's the world that they want to bring men into. So that where it is, there we may be also. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And he chose us in him that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Before him, before him in love, holy without blame. Before him, that before him in love, he's talking about the world of his love. That's the word of God. In love, when someone has come in love, he's talking of coming to the world of God. For God is love. God is love. God is love. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you, are you being blessed today? Praise God. I'm trying to use my use. Power of acceleration today to quickly say everything that's in my heart. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and we worship your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Now, the the purpose of them surrounding the world. The reason why the world is framed by God's word, word, framed by God's word, is to, is to transfer the word, the, the content of the world inside the soul. Is to transfer the content of the world of God inside the soul. To transfer it inside the soul. Now, the reason why it needs to be transferred into the soul, one of the main reasons is because the soul itself is actually a covering for something. The soul is a covering for the spirit man. Now, the soul of, or the soul of man, where God positioned the soul, that inward man called the soul, it, it serves a dual function. The soul of a person serves a function toward God 
and they function towards their spirit. Two function. And either one should not be broken. Uh-huh. Now, two functions. Are you getting what I'm saying? Two functions of the soul. Serves a function towards God, which is the, its eternal purpose, what it should eventually arrive at. It's a soul that has the ability to serve a function towards God. And then it serves a function towards it. its spirit now. The way, where, the way God designed the soul, amen? Yeah. Is this still interesting? Yes, sir. I'm sorry, this, this life is, so, you know, so I can't make it too interesting, otherwise it won't go deep. In order to go deep sometimes, you have to... Uh-huh. Praise God. Hallelujah. I have to tell us less stories and crack less, less, fewer jokes. Is that okay? Yes, so we can go deeper and, and, and grasp the understanding. So the soul is to serve a function toward God. When you see a living soul, the way it's supposed to be, and a soul that has come to its fullness, maturity, you see it serving two functions powerfully. It's a function toward God and a function towards the spirit. The function, when a soul functioning towards the spirit is to is the covering for the spirit. It's a covering. But towards God, it's a vessel. Yes, sir. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. The soul towards the spirit is a, when I, call, when I say covering, what do I mean? It's a garment. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The soul is the, is the garment which the spirit wears yes, and is a covering for the spirit. I've explained a little bit of that at the beginning, remember? Yes, those agreements, those laws. Is actually a gar- it's like a, it's a covering for the spirit that if, you, if, you, if the soul is well garrisoned, you can't kill the spirit. Uh-huh. The covenant in the heart of a person. The, or the, the Bible called them the witnesses. Remember those two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11? When the devil, amen, they took the city and then, and the courts, but to get, to get to, into the most holy, they had to make war with the, those witnesses are the laws, they are the, the, the testament written upon the heart, they are the, 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 the one who, the agreement in the heart, the agreement of his soul. Is what is God's design to keep the spirit. Because that spirit, when God brings a person, raises a person from the dead, that spirit becomes his own. Yeah. Uh, and becomes named after him. God does not ever want to let that spirit go. God does not want that spirit to ever be plucked out of him. And what will ensure that salvation, the real meaning of salvation, is a soul getting to a state where it is fully garrisoned from what? Turning back. Or it, 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 it's when a spirit can no longer be taken away from God. That's, that's, that person is saved. Do you agree with me? Now, if someone gets born again and they don't do anything about their soul, it's just a matter of time. You just need the evil in the world to arise to, to iniquity, to mature. To a level where 
all the little laws of the heart are nothing. That's what Revelation 11 was trying to paint. That the, the four witnesses warred and fought, but it took them three and a half years. It took time, but they were finally overcome. And then when they finally overcame, the Bible says that men on the earth began to celebrate and give gifts. Ah, we've overcome this thing. Oh, this thing is gone. And nothing will happen to men. They are Christians if they are not careful. When the word of salvation begins to come, and that was the warning to the Hebrew church, that at what time you ought to be teachers, you have one need you again. It was, it was a dangerous state for them because the word of salvation is coming. Instead of them to give the more earnest heat to, the, to that word, they thought maybe they had time. You know, there's a way you can be examining your spirituality. I know this and all that. If you feel like, ah, this is me, I've, I've got this God thing, man. You are judging that based on the level of iniquity of today. But you don't know what is going to come. You don't, know what, you don't know what's going to come. The kind of depravity of unrighteousness on the earth right now, if you told it as a story to men 200 years ago, they would never believe. You said um, there will be a time on the earth that men will, will think this way. You say, no, what do you mean? It's not possible. Men can never get there. You mean there will be a time when, I say, no, men, men will think that way. I mean, it won't even be a little thing. They will think, be thinking this way on a massive scale. That when you go to universities, they will be teaching around this line. It will be a time that this ungodliness will begin to be the main way of thinking on the earth. There was a time that it was unthinkable. That huge masses of the civilization will believe that God does not exist or God is not there. What do you mean? That's not possible. It was unthinkable in that time. But are we not there now? Now, what other evil do you think is, is left? You think, the, you think the devil has stopped here? Now, when you look at, ah, you are crying there. They said that you can't say that people can't go to hell anymore because it's now hate speech. And that's your cry. And well, uh, they say, God, don't speak against homosexuality and lesbianism, and you're crying. You say, ah, how can a whole nation pass these laws? That's just the beginning of things. You know, those, what the nation is passing, that's not the real evil. The real evil is nations lead according to the heart of the people. See, there's something about God. Check it. Say, God rules in the affairs of many. He gives the kingdom to whoever he pleases. God, God does not take a wicked devil and then give him to rule a people. God who does not allow that on the earth. There are things on the earth that, prevent, that will prevent that from happening. But rather, God allows people to have rulers after their heart. Yes. God permits. And God cannot say, by force, I must bring a righteous Christian to rule them. He will be unjust. Satan will ask him, God, you've started sinning. That's the last. You can't do that. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. You can't have a wicked people. And then because all the Christians are praying, we are the ones who will sit in parliament. And then God will say, all these wicked people by force, let's bring a, <laughs> a righteous man to rule them. God will ne- that righteous man can run for election. He will never win. And God will make sure he never wins. <laughs> No matter your prayer. So it's not by praying them there. If people are wicked, they will have wicked rulers who will deal with them according to their heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? So these laws that are passing, that's not where you should be looking at. You should be more afraid. What kind of heart? Oh, when you come out and see your neighbors around and you know that simple Canadian life, nice, you know that Canadian smile on the street. Oh, how you doing? <laughs> Some of us, we are fooled by that thing. You feel like you are surrounded by nice people. 
But you are, you are surrounded by haters of God. They hate your God. They want his memory eradicated from the earth so they can be free to live unrighteously. Your righteous life is an indictment of their way of life. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So there's more evil to come. So it's not time for you to say, ah, as long as I still prayed yesterday, you know, ah, I did 40 days fasting, and I don't know, no, don't rest on that thing. Don't rest on that. You know what you should be thinking about? What world am I living in? Because see, as long as you are living in a world that iniquity can encroach into, you are not safe. You should be constantly asking yourself, am I made enough agreement in my heart with God? that will keep me in the day of evil. See, and when evil is coming to, coming to kill the spirit, it doesn't come by force. Come here, reject Jesus, or I kill you. That's not how they kill the spirit. They kill the spirit by his loves. His lust. What you like. So in other words, somebody who is born again, how would they get to a point where they reject Jesus and their spirit dies? It's not because an evil spirit was flogging them at night. Reject him right now. No, it's not going to be like that. Or because terrorists came and kidnapped them and say, you reject Jesus. Amen. You know, you know the way there are, there are many things. You know? Praise God. You know how those Muslim guys, you know they do that? They will take a Christian and they will torture them until they say, I'm no longer a Christian. Thinking that by them saying that they are going to hell or they've lost their salvation. You can't lose your salvation like that. Yeah. You can't lose your salvation under duress. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't know what salvation is. You get what I mean? <laughs> because by the time you seek sword, you can see anything. <laughs> but you see that guy who does, ah, no, Jesus is not alive. I am not a Christian today. Just leave him. By the next day, he can be speaking in tongues. <laughs> I get to, it's not by physically saying uh, it's not it's not by that. Do you know how men's spirits would die? You see fire, brand Christians, or who refuse to journey in knowledge. You know the weapon of Satan? Like this so-called antichrist. It's not by compulsion. It's by bringing, you begin to, uh, to, uh, to bring enticement, to tempt those secret agreements you didn't kill in your heart. He knows what things you can love. He knows what lovers you can bring to your soul that can make you forget God. Willfully, no persecution, no duress. The power of the world is seduction. So don't try and estimate that you are too strong. Let he that thinketh is standard. Take heed, lest what he fall. Lest he falls. Praise the Lord. So I was saying that, ah! It's already 10. We have five minutes. Is that okay? I will just summarize what I wanted to say. That the soul to God, there are two, there are two, two purposes for God developing the soul of a person. Of course, I said it's to, it's to give safety to the spirit because the soul is the wearing of the spirit. You see that actually the garment of the soul 
in the marriage of the lamb, that they had the robes, right? Linen robes that were pure and they were white. I said that thing was the righteousness of the saints. Now, think of a garment as a covering. But that garment, to you, your spirit is a covering, a garrison for your spirit. But the soul, to God, is a vessel. If you take it, if you invert a garment, it's a cup. To God, the soul is a vessel. And that soul is a, is a covering. That's, those, that's what a soul is meant to, is to develop into. So when God is, when God is, is weaving, you know when they are saving the soul, they are weaving the fabric of the soul. They are weaving the fabric line by line, thread by thread, addition of righteousnesses, addition of judgments to, to, to weave the fabric of the soul into something that has a material that can both be a safe covering for the, your spirit. So that spirit, God needs that spirit. And also, it also has the materiality to be a vessel. What kind of vessel? In Hebrews, they call it, in Timothy, sorry, Second Timothy, a vessel unto honor. In the great house, there are many vessels. Are, some are unto honor, some are unto dishonor. Are, and even honorable vessels are in different grades to God. See, your, your soul should be a cup that God drinks from. But it has to do with what kind of material that your, your soul has been what? Your soul has been framed into. The same garment. Jesus taught this very quickly. Let, let me just read it. There's no time. Amen. Jesus taught this in... In Matthew, 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 Matthew chapter, praise God, amen. Let's see chapter 9 of Matthew very quickly. Matthew chapter 9 from verse, Matthew 9 verse 14, praise God. Are you being blessed today? Then came, then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often? Why do we fast often? But thy disciples fast not. So they are coming to him from their religious side of things. See, all the things that we are doing. But your own disciples, they are not doing all these things. Why are they not doing them? Can't they see the benefit of fasting? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them and they shall fast. Then we now went to verse 16 and verse 17 where he said, No man put a piece of new cloth into an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up, take it from the garment. It means when you can cut an old cloth. 
and a new one. That when you see old and new, you're talking of soul. Now, are you seeing that thing about that, that fasting thing they are coming about, they are doing? Where is the fire of that fast coming from? It's from the old man. The, what Jesus was teaching is not, Jesus was answering their question. Fire of fasting from the old man. They went to join it. Jesus said, no, no. You don't bring an old garment and a new garment together. He says that for that which is put into fill it up, take it from the garment, and, it, and the rent is made worse. Then verse 17. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles. Else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into the new bottle. You, might say, ah, you see those two? Jesus doesn't speak anyhow. There's knowledge in what he's saying. He's talking about the two functions of the soul. What the new soul should be used for. The first is about the soul as a garment. Then the second one as a bottle. That bottle is a vessel that can carry something. So you see, in the, you see the fabric of now. When you see this bottle here, don't let it deceive you. It's not glass, <laughs> right? Am I, am I right, sir? In this time, what they were using glass to make bottle. When they say bottle in this time, it's actually it's the same material they used to wear they make clothes that they used to make bottles. It's the same kind of, that's what Jesus was talking of. The same, let's say, skin, leather, or, or you know, the same skin of animals that you use for a garment. You can also use it to make a bottle. It's the same thing. So you are seeing the same material, two functions. It's a metaphor for the soul. So, God has to work on the nature of the soul. Otherwise, it can't do those two functions properly. Ultimately, the, the soul as a vessel is to be able to receive the wine of God. There is difference between new garment. Or a new bottle and new wine. The new wine, the wine is actually the wine of God. The life of God himself. Which God wants to put inside your vessel and be drinking it. God wants to be using your, your vessel. Wants to, your vessel should be a thing that can hold his wine. This wine is his own spirit. What he called my spirit in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36. Are you understanding what I'm trying to tell you? Amen. Today we've just spoken about what God wants to do with your soul. That's just all we've been talking about today. What God... Don't look, don't look down at yourself like an insignificant person. If you know what God has for you, it's beyond the mundaneness of... Vain existence. All the things that men, praise God, that men pursue after outside of this consciousness, those things are, they are a waste of effort. They are a waste of the soul. And that's the cry of heaven. They see souls wasting. But God has great plans for us. Just begin to pray.
Um, I'll just give us maybe a minute or 30 seconds. Just begin to pray. Um, pray. There's not enough time to pray, but just we can just pray powerfully in 30 seconds to one minute and connect the whatever has been ministered to you, whatever your heart has connected with this ministration. Let let your debt register in heaven that you desire these things in your life. You want to come. You want to come into this reality. You want these things to become a reality in your life. Sharamas Koriala Basuta Empratatali Kapraharabas to Prehelosia Marigama Sukreta Parados Ketaparan Katakarielosket Repasso Sasa 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 Oria Kaharamasto Oria Kaharamasia Oria Kaharamasia Oria Kaleyaramasu Sepreherosia Masita Lontalaramatori Paharaboske Fretalam Pranta de Protehe Priya Kaprahosia Embranda Labaravasete Prendoro Voriervosa Enfrandeli Kariere Vosete Crenso Seteriere Vosa in front of the Prata Pariyarabata Praharabashkeliyarose. In front of Satani Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we have a response. Our heart responds in faith to these promises. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy to bring us into this reality. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, you've heard us. You've heard our response in our heart towards what you have said to us today. We thank you for the utterance and the grace to flow into these thoughts tonight. We ask that your spirit will Come and crystallize them and solidify the understanding. It won't just go away. It will be as a seed that is sown on a good ground that will find its root and sprout and will eventually bear fruit. Fruit that will give you pleasure. Thank you, our Father. I ask, let it be, not just be words today, but the grace. Let it be an impartation of the grace to every heart under the sound of my voice, for these things to be their reality, to be your reality. And this grace will stay with you and go with you until these things are brought to pass. Father, we thank you. This we ask of you in your loving kindness and in your mercy. Thank you, our Father. We give all the praise to your holy name. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you. Amen. <clears throat> you
God bless you. You